and welcome to another episode of Coaching Chaos. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Tuesday snowy morning. I am so grateful for the scriptures and it just happens to be that a conference talk that was assigned in the reading today is exactly about this. Remember also the promises. And just when I begin to feel discouraged and I turn to my scriptures, I am reminded somewhere in some way that he knows my needs and he knows what I'm struggling with. And yet I so easily forget that. So in today's conference talk, by Elder Jay Jensen from October 1992. Again, it's called Remember Also the Promises. And he talked about when he was a mission president in South America, he went to visit one of his areas and he discovered that there was much discord between the the missionaries and some of the members in that area. And he left there with such incredible disappointment and his focus was on how distraught even sad and disappointed and discouraged he was at what he discovered in his visit there at that time so while he was on the plane he was reading his scriptures and He said that he reads them for comfort and direction. And he turns to a few of his favorite passages. And he came upon one passage in the Doctrine and Covenants. And often he says that he removes the name of whoever the Lord is speaking to, if it's Nephi or Oliver Cowdery or Joseph Smith or... Alma, he removes the name and he puts his own in there, Jay Jensen. And this particular scripture, it says, Behold, you, Jay Jensen, have been entrusted with these things. But how strict were your commandments? And remember also the promises which were made to you. And those words stuck to him. And he felt relief. Because even though that there was so much turmoil going on in a certain part of his mission that he presided over, the Lord was aware. And in this, he reminded him that he was aware. And he says, but don't worry. You just take care of what you need to and remember the promises that I have made to you. He said during those four days that he was visiting that area of his mission, He had focused on nothing but problems. I had not stopped to consider one single promise. Oh, I am so guilty of that. I get so stuck on the turmoil and the problems going on in my own life, with my family, with my children, with my work, in my marriage, something. I get so focused, like high beam focused on the turmoil that I'm feeling in a certain area of my life or many areas in my life. And I too forget those promises. 
So in this conference talk, he encouraged us to look with him at these promises. He says there are two types of promises that he finds when he reads the scriptures. Promises of power and promises of increase. So promises of power I especially personally love because as I choose righteousness and as I choose to read from the scriptures and keep my commandments, I actually have the ability and it is promised to me that I have the power of God. And here it says that exactly the power to overcome evil whoso would hearken unto the word of God and hold fast unto it the fiery darts of the adversary could not overpower them we have the power to live righteously as we choose God he helps us choose righteousness we have the power to teach convincingly so I always refer back to my podcast that this is my mission. This is what I'm doing to share the gospel. And I hope and pray that my work and my words, my thoughts and reflections have helped you in some way. And if they have, if they've had, they've, if they've enlightened your mind and, and illuminated your soul, share them so that we together can bring one more person closer to our Savior. We have the power to call down the powers of heaven. Jacob said that we search the prophets and our faith becometh unshaken insomuch that we can truly command in the name of Jesus that the very trees obey us or the waves of the sea. I have never, I have never tried to move mountains, but I take that as we can have great miracles take place in our lives, even to comparison of moving mountains. When we are faithful, God can move incredible things in our life to where we can stand back all amazed that something was accomplished. We have the power to change the heart and disposition Samuel taught the Nephites that the Lamanites were led to believe the Holy Scriptures, which are written, which leadeth them to faith on the Lord and unto repentance, which faith and repentance bringeth a change of heart unto them. And then there's the promises of increase, an increase in hope and joy. We, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. And an increase, he says, in spirituality. Oh, I believe that. The preaching of the word had a great tendency to lead the people to do that which was just. An increase in knowledge and understanding, uh, uh, being able to look through things through a new lens, to have God's mysteries explained before us and we have a greater understanding for them. How about not completely having all of the knowledge, but that we can trust that God is aware of what we are going through. And I have a greater understanding of that. 
Nephi taught that the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. And sometimes that's just to stand back and let our Heavenly Father work while we wait in patience for Him. I think that's probably the hardest thing for me. An increase in the power of discernment that we might recognize the difference between good and evil in in any given situation, in any person that we meet, in anything that we hear, if it's gospel or if it's evil. We have greater power by reading the scriptures for all of these things. And of course, we have the wonderful increase of our testimony We can know that these words are true. We can know that we can feel that. We have to put in our work though. I love the story in church history about Mary Whitmer, who was taking care of her eight children and Joseph and Emma and Oliver Cowdery came and stayed with her and her husband. And you know that the houses weren't very big at that time, but they had to go there to finish the translation of the Book of Mormon. And they went there because it was safe and they welcomed them in. And it was hard to find people that believed them and were welcoming because their own lives could be put at risk. So here she had these eight children and then she took on three additional adults. And at this time, the heat of the summer was sweltering and she was washing clothes. And this was back in the day where they just got up in the morning and they began to prepare meals. They hunted their own food and they made their own butter and they milked cows and they sewed their own clothes. Washed clothes by hand, had to go down and get water from the stream. Sitting idly was not ever a choice. And for this woman, she had very little time to herself. And yet there is so much that is that is stressed to all of us to have self-care and have time for yourself. I believe that there is purpose and reason for that. But I also know that when we put our efforts into a good cause and we are serving God, that he will bless us and bless us with peace. So as Mary was sweltering and and in doing her daily jobs and chores around the house, and Joseph and Oliver were translating the Book of Mormon, and I don't know what Emma was doing. I'm sure she was helping in the house somewhere. But from what I'm reading, it seems like Mary was very discouraged. And she was probably murmuring and complaining, just like I do, after you put on a big production of Sunday dinner and everybody goes and sits down and you're left in the kitchen with all of the cleanup and not a single person offers to come and help you. That's very disheartening after you put so much effort into something and everyone just leaves, gets up and walks away from the table. It's very easy for me to be in the kitchen grumbling and murmuring that I want to go sit down and relax, but... I made this huge dinner and now I'm cleaning up after everyone. It's it's frustrating. 
So at this time, it was necessary for these people to be staying with Mary, and I'm sure her misery was great at this time. She had little time to relax to herself, and the added work and the strain placed on her was difficult to bear. And I love this part of the story. One day, while she was out by the barn where the kil- where the cows were milked, she saw a gray-haired man with a knapsack slung across his shoulder. His sudden appearance frightened her, but as he approached her, he spoke to her in a kind voice that set her at ease. And he says to her, My name is Moroni. You have become pretty tired with all this extra work you have to do. He swung the knapsack off his shoulder, and Mary watched as he started to untie it. He continued, You have been very faithful and diligent in your labors. It is proper, therefore, that you should receive a witness that your faith may be strengthened. Moroni opened his knapsack and removed the gold plates. He held them in front of her and turned their pages so that she could see the writings on them. After he turned the last page, he urged her to be patient and faithful as she carried the extra burden a little longer, he promised, and she would be blessed for it. I read that passage and I, I, and I read it again and I read it again and what a marvelous miracle that she witnessed and Moroni coming to visit her. These, these things, my, my friends, my children, my brothers and sisters, these things are true. And Heavenly Father has promises for each of us that are true and he will keep them. He will keep them. So I took on Elder Jensen's little challenge and I have done this before, but I don't do it very often, but he says that he inserts his name into scripture. So I began going through some of my favorite scriptures and putting my name wherever I could. So for example, Mosiah 16.9 Shari, he is the light and the life of the world. Yea, a light that is endless. I even found other conference talk passages that I had saved and I put my name there too. Shari will learn from her mistakes. And if she stumbles, she will rise. And if she falters, she will go on. She will never waver. She will never give up. In this one, Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. Shari, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And Shari, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the, with the rivers, they shall not overflow. When thou walkest through fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Shari, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One. It completely changes the way I read scripture by inserting my name. They become all the more personal. And how about this one? It's from Gordon B. Hinckley in The Marvelous Foundations of Our Faith. 
Shari has kept the faith. She has served the Lord and she stood like giants. And then this one. Shari, sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And this one. Second Nephi. 25-29 And now, behold, I say unto you, Shari, the right way is to believe in Christ and deny him not. And Christ is the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore, ye must bow down before him and worship him with all your might, mind, and strength, and your whole soul. And this one in Doctrine and Covenants 6.34 Shari, yea, for this cause I have said, Stop and stand still until I command thee, and I will provide means whereby thou mayest accomplish the thing which I have commanded thee. And this one in Psalms 37.4 Shari, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face thine upon thee and his gracious unto thee. The Lord lift you up upon thee and give thee peace. And how about how about this? How it, it can change the direction of how I'm viewing something. Shari, why do ye adorn yourselves with that which hath no life? That's in Mormon 8.39. And this one. Yea, and it came to pass that the Lord did visit Shari with assurances that he would deliver her. Yea, insomuch that he did speak peace to her soul and did grant unto her great faith and did cause that they would have hope in our deliverance in him. Just putting my name in there, it just changes that up. And so I turn to the Book of Mormon assignment for today. Um, I try to read that along with the Come Follow Me because I want it to be that I read the Book of Mormon every year. So I read my assignment and today it's 2 Nephi 9, 1 through 14. And the very two verses, after I've read this conference talk, and after I've read through these promises, and after I've put my name in all of these areas, the very assignment that I am to read today, and now, my beloved Shari, I have read these things that ye might know concerning the covenants of the Lord, that he has covenanted with all the house of Israel, that he hath spoken unto the Jews by the mouth of his holy prophets, even from the beginning down from generation to generation until the time comes that they shall be restored to the true church and fold of God when they shall be gathered home. And in verse 3, Behold, my beloved Shari, I speak unto you these things that ye may rejoice and lift up your head forever because of the blessing which the Lord God shall bestow upon you and your children. For I know that you have searched much and you have come to know of things to come. And after I read all of that today and to end my reflections this morning, it was as though those last few scriptures that were specifically assigned for my reading today was 
signed, sealed, and delivered to my heart that all of these things are true, that his promises he keeps. Impatience is difficult, but he is working behind the scenes and we need to trust that everything that we are going through in this earth, there are promises that he keeps and we need to trust in this. So I challenge you to insert your name and you will see how the scriptures just cling to your heart and the strength that you will feel from them. We need that in this day to know and to be reminded that he is aware and watching over us. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coach and Chaos. And may you have a wonderful day.